When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Sports Complex with Patrick Davis of the Horn. Hour two here on the Sports Complex on a Wednesday afternoon. We'll get into some NFL talk right here, a little college football too if we have some time. We'll get into all of that. Uh, more of your text messages, 512-447-3776 is the text line number. Uh, we've already talked some basketball. If you want to keep talking about it, send in some texts. We can go back and talk some more basketball. I always love talking some basketball. It's up to you guys. You guys drive the show. I just try to keep it on the rails. And the big fat poll of the day today if you want to join in on the conversation what is the best valentine's gift you've ever gotten and what what's the best valentine's gift you've ever given and what would you want as a valentine's gift if you could pick if it was up to you what would you do on valentine's day do you have something that you think oh no this is what's really good i want to know the valentine's day uh your thoughts on the valentine's day i know a lot of people Probably, especially on listen to the horn, listen to the sports complex. Probably not their favorite holiday. For me, it's not a big deal. Uh, it's especially on a Wednesday. I uh, I'm not a, I don't mind it. You know, the Saturday one I said is a little bit more annoying because everything's kind of all for it. But on a Wednesday, and just get stay home and watch basketball, and then I'll be a happy man. I'll be able to watch the games, and and I'm not normally going out on a Wednesday every Wednesday night, so uh, it's not so big of a deal uh, for me tonight. But uh, you know. Depending on what you guys are into, I just want to know what your what your Valentine's Day uh, conversations are because you know I'm not I'm I'm a, I'm a perpetually single guy, so uh, I love to hear what you guys are doing and what your favorite Valentine's Day memories and and gifts and all of that stuff are. Love to hear that, or if it's just all a myth and there are no big Valentine's Day and that's just a big myth that we're all hearing. I don't know, I don't know. Uh, text lines open five one two four four seven. 3776. Send in those texts there. We'll get back to those in a little bit. Uh, we can start off by uh, the news that Steve Wilkes also, I will say before we start into that, uh, for the just uh, for everyone, for the people in Kansas City, our thoughts are with the people in Kansas City who were injured today or, or lost their lives today uh, in the Kansas City after the celebration and the parade that there was a shooting and uh, I believe everybody is, under, is, is in custody now and they, they seem like they're it's been uh, cleared up there, but uh, our thoughts are with the people in Kansas City uh, who were trying to have a really fun day, and it all kind of went downhill pretty quickly. Uh, so uh, thoughts are with those people today. All right. Uh, let's talk Steve Wilkes uh, in San Francisco. We know that the 49ers have their defense after D'Amico Ryans, after some players left, after everything that went down. It was not quite the same defense that San Francisco had been known for in years past. Uh, he was relieved of his duties today by Kyle Shanahan. And, uh, and a decision that is being somewhat controversial, uh, I think if you just looked at the season and not the Super Bowl as a whole, if you looked at, you know, 
uh, in the playoffs, if you looked at the Detroit Lions game in those places, then you say, yeah, I, I think that Steve Wilkes really didn't live up to what Kyle Shanahan wanted, whether it was just a difference in opinion and a uh, difference in game planning and how they wanted the how they see the 49ers defense happening. It didn't seem like they were really on the same page for a lot of the season. Uh, so it makes sense to me that he has been let go and that they're moving on from him. Uh, however, I do see the other side that in the Super Bowl, the defense actually did decently against Pat, uh, Patrick Mahomes and this Chiefs defense. Now, at the end of the game, yes, Patrick Mahomes did come back down the field and do whatever he wanted, and that's kind of, we know, what Patrick Mahomes does. So you can't expect, no one has really stopped Patrick Mahomes in the fourth quarter, and no one has stopped Patrick Mahomes in overtime. So that can't be completely on him. I don't necessarily see him as a scapegoat in this. I know he's being listed as a scapegoat, but from what his what he did the entire season for where the 49ers want to be, I'm assuming that there was a little bit more of a rift in between Kyle Shanahan and Steve Wilkes. Uh, I mean, I think he should have gotten the job in Carolina uh, last season. I think he did well enough there, and that was a weird thing for him to be ousted there. I think he's still a good coach. It may just not be the right fit for him there in San Francisco, and unfortunately for him, he now comes out at the very end of the cycle when there's no positions available for him to go to, uh, hopefully he will find a home and somewhere he can be because uh, he is a really good coach, but uh, just did not seem to be the right fit for him in San Francisco this year for whatever reason. Uh, I don't know if his pass rushing was really where it needed to be, and uh, that may be position coaches too. They just lose so many people on that staff, but San Francisco now has to find yet another coach. Uh, Kyle Shanahan's been really good at hiring coaches, in the you know, and John Lynch, those guys have been really good at hiring coaches, uh, can they find the next diamond in the rough that they can shore up? And then, of course, uh, go they'll get hired off somewhere else and they'll get one of those Rooney Roll picks uh, that the 49ers have gotten tons of tons of over the years. Uh, we also say Field Yates put out his, uh, I believe it was his first mock draft, his mock draft 1.0, I believe it was. Uh, and he, on that mock draft, had a couple Longhorns in the first round. Of course, he still had Caleb Williams going number one overall which we're still not sure if that's going to be the case or not. More and more people are going that way. We'll talk, I'll talk a little bit more about that in a second. But in that draft, he did have uh, a couple Longhorns going. Of course, Byron Murphy has been pretty much the consensus, will be a first-round pick for the Longhorns. He has him actually going number 13 to the Raiders. Uh, I don't know about that fully. I know that that is a position that the Raiders need, uh, but that does seem, you know, it feels like they're going to try and do whatever they can to turn that first-round pick into a quarterback, whatever it has to be. Uh, whether that happens or not, we'll see. But uh, he does have him going all the way up at number 13 uh, as the number one defensive tackle taken off the board. He could be a game-changer. Uh, so very cool to see that he's up that list. And the other name that is the curious one is uh, Adonai Mitchell. A lot of people have him ranked really high of what he's been able to do. And uh, he has him going number 32 to the Kansas City Chiefs adding another piece of wide receiver, a wide receiver that knows how to play big in big moments. And that match, that that group, that, that pairing of uh, Adonai Mitchell and Kansas City seems like too good to be true. Of a guy who is a big game player, a guy who's been in the playoffs year after year in college football, someone who knows how to make those big moments and go after the ball in big games and, and be reliable in those moments. Feels like a guy that'd be perfect playing with Patrick Mahomes and this Kansas City Chiefs. 
So Field Yates has him going there, and that's the wide receiver of, you know, a lot of wide receivers are going to go early, and the real question of where does Adonai Mitchell end up, does he end up in the first round or not, is kind of dictated by how many other wide receivers go before him that maybe they get that little bit of a rush on wide receivers in the first round where enough guys start to go where there is some really top-level names of wide receivers in the draft. And if they're able to get enough of those gone and Kansas City comes in at 32 and somebody like an Adonai Mitchell is still available, you have to go look at him and see what he's done at big games. And when you're Kansas City and that's kind of what you do, that is what you would like to see. Uh, And then uh, we've also got the news that today, or I read this morning, that the Steelers are now the favorite to land Justin Fields. That the, the Pittsburgh Steelers, that we know they have hired Arthur Smith as their offensive coordinator. Arthur Smith just lost his job because he couldn't find a quarterback. Yes, he also played uh, other guys ahead of Bijan and ahead of uh, Drake London and ahead of uh, Kyle Pitts. But he also had Ritter at quarterback and went between that and Heineke and just never really had his quarterback. Uh, so he needs to find his guy in Pittsburgh. They also know that. Uh, for Mike Tomlin, who's in the last year of a contract, and he says we'll get things worked out, but you know you need to find your quarterback. They've they've stuck with Kenny Pickett for a couple of years. It you know with the injuries, it didn't work out great in uh, the at the end of the season. Mason Rudolph was getting starts at the end of the season. They've already moved on from Mitchell Trubisky, really opening up that roster spot to bring somebody in. Uh, they've now moved on the favorite up in betting wise uh, from I believe DraftKings. They've moved on that sports book. They've moved on. Uh, to be the number one uh, odds destination for where Justin Fields ends up, which makes a little bit of sense when you look at a team like the Steelers who probably don't want to give up the draft capital to move into those top three spots, to move all the way up to get one of their top three guys in the draft. And then, you know, if you do that and you're able to trade, I believe there was uh, some people are speculating it's a second and like a fourth or something like that where you're not even giving up a first-round pick to pick up Justin Fields. You can give him a year or two in the system, and if that doesn't work out, you move on from him. You move on from uh, from uh, basically all of your quarterbacks on the roster, and Mason Rudolph and Kenny Pickett and everybody. You move on from everybody, and you decide to start over, possibly with a new coach, and uh, in, in start over in Pittsburgh, but you give that one last hurrah with Justin Fields. I would be interested in what he could do with or with Arthur Smith could do with the Justin Fields. It doesn't feel like it's directly the right type of fit of a power run system and how he fits into a power run system. Uh, I don't know, but it feels like there could be. Arthur Smith is a pretty good offensive mind, even if he wants to put in uh, players into different situations and not play the t- stars as much as everybody else believes he should. Uh, he does have a decent offensive mind, gets guys going, and gets guys that, you know, he gets players behind Bijan Robinson yards, so he must be pretty good because he could have got it a lot easier with Bijan being in. Uh, but that Lynn leaves, if he does that, then that means that the the Bears will pick. They could still technically make a move where they trade away the number one pick and trade away Justin Fields if they trade with the commanders who could want to trade up and get uh, Caleb Williams. They could really go be going after Caleb Williams, so you could see all of that movement. That becomes a little bit harder. I think the Bears would have moved down again last year, uh, but then eventually it just became too hard. I think there was a point where they're, 
you know, they were talking to the Texans and they wanted to get a haul from the Texans and then get a haul uh, from somebody else, uh, maybe Carolina, to move up into that number two spot. Uh, but that wasn't able to be done. But that is an interesting piece to see the Steelers, the favorite to land Justin Fields. But that also goes with a different report. We talk about how important the quarterback position is in uh, football nowadays, that the Patriots are now rumored that they are being open to moving out of that third pick overall as well, maybe moving out where everybody thought, well, the Patriots are sitting pretty. They have their pick. They have now, they will, they don't get a pick, but they get one of the top three quarterbacks in the draft. They get one of their guys, Jaden Trav, uh, Jaden Daniels, or they get Drake May, or they get Caleb Williams. Caleb Williams is not going to fall to three, but Drake May or Jaden Daniels easily could. And you get your pick, you get your guy that falls down there at number three. You get your quarterback, you get a new system and move forward. Uh, but there's rumors that they may be okay taking a quarterback later and not having a full commitment. And moving backwards in the draft to try and get a quarterback maybe in the second round where they feel the commitment is not so big that if their draft uh, reports are not as high on some of these guys that they don't want to be so pot committed to a young quarterback that they don't necessarily feel is going to do things the new Patriot way, I guess we have to say. Because the Patriot way was the Bill Belichick way. I don't know. Tom Brady said it wasn't his way, so it had to be the Bill Belichick way was the Patriot way. So if we have that, it means that it opens doors for the the Patriots, and that opens a door of who moves up to number three. Is that a place where the Raiders could move up to? That the Raiders may try to make a move up to number three where they really want to go get their quarterback of the future. That feels like a place where maybe they could make a move. Atlanta, we know, is, is desperate to find something. As they brought in Raheem Morris now, they want to make a big move and get their quarterback. That's why they got rid of Arthur Smith. He couldn't find his quarterback. They want to move on to that. It it, asks, it begs the question, will the Patriots be able to find somebody who's so desperate to make a trade that if the Bears move off of Justin Fields and they say they're sticking at number one or number two with the Commanders and you know maybe they give the Commanders their pick, but they're taking one of those quarterbacks and they're going in the future – and the Patriots don't feel like they're getting their guy at number three, could they move back and get a big haul for somebody who needs a quarterback, whether it's the Steelers, whether it's the Falcons, whether it's the the Raiders? Who is it that could come in and say, whether it's the Vikings, the Vikings who are another team who desperately wants a quarterback and is not sold on paying Kirk Cousins another big contract coming off an Achilles injury? They would rather move on and try and get to the future before they have to pay Justin Jefferson all this money. Well, if we're paying Justin Jefferson and we have a quarterback on a rookie contract, that makes it a lot more palatable to us to try and compete at a high level in Minnesota. I get that. So Minnesota would like to get into the rookie quarterback conversation as well. You throw Russell Wilson into the whole mix. And if anybody wants to take, uh, you know, kick the tires on Russell Wilson. It's going to be a lot of fun as we get closer to this draft to see where teams are starting to really get in to looking at their players and where these draft pick goes. The Bears are, of course, the guys in control yet again. They make the move last year, which ends up benefiting the Texans that they don't have the number one pick, makes their decision easier. They get C.J. Stroud, and that worked out great for them. Now, maybe they were the ones who always wanted him. You know, if you want to paint history by the the winners (laughs) – then the Texans will say, well, we won that draft because we we put out bad information about C.J. Stroud because we wanted him to come here. That They can say that, but I don't know what happened. None of us do, uh, so we'll just have to wait and see what happens with the Bears. It should be a fun uh, 
a fun offseason, though, looking at that. When you start to see the rumors already of the Patriots trying to do some crazy stuff, when you see the rumors that the Steelers are now the favorites for Justin Fields, when you see that Adonai Mitchell could be going to the Chiefs, it gets you excited for what's going to be happening in this offseason. All right. I need to take a drink of water, so we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll get to the text line, 512-447-3776, whatever you guys want to talk about. If you got some Valentine's Day uh, gifts and stories, send those in on the text line as well. And uh, if you want to talk some basketball, some football, if you have thoughts about the draft and who you think's going where and what the Cowboys or the Texans need to do in the draft as well, uh, send those picks in. If you think you know uh, what, uh, the te- what the Cowboys should be doing on defense to get this defense set up, and ready to go with Mike Zimmer in there to help fix some of the holes where it was a pretty good defense but had some holes there, let me know on the text line. 512-447-3776 is the text line number. We're going to take a quick break. We'll come back, get to that. A little more sound from Hook Em Up with Ian Robbie. We'll go behind the BOC uh, right here on the Sports Complex in the Horn 1019 AM 1260, the Horn app, and hornfm.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The Sports Complex with Patrick Davis on the Horn. Back on the Sports Complex on a Wednesday afternoon, a Valentine's Day afternoon. I hope everybody out there is having a can have a great Valentine's Day evening, whether you're uh, with someone or by yourself, or maybe with some by yourself now with somebody later. Whatever you want to, whatever floats your boat, guys. Get on out there and enjoy your Valentine's Day. Uh, text lines up five one two four four seven three seven seven six is the text line. Uh, Texter says Gilmore can't cover or tackle a statue. I think he had an okay season. He had a pretty okay season. I think he did pretty well this season, actually, uh, playing over there. You know, he's a big improvement over what they had last season. Uh, did a lot. I know he's getting uh, a little bit older and older. He's supposed to have some more work done over the offseason to get a little bit healthier uh, because he's just been more and more beat up. But, you know, I think he's probably still got a year or two of good football left in him. He's not going to be ever your number one, but that's why you want to have a Trayvon Diggs. Uh, the question is, if you put uh, Deron Bland back out there, do you put him back uh, basically in the nickel and don't play him full time, even though he's defensive player of the year? Do you run him in the other side and do you take, you know, I, it becomes a little bit harder just because of where everyone normally plays and what they're going to do in a Mike Zimmer off and a Mike Zimmer defense that I don't know if you have a place uh, for all three of those guys. But I think Gilmore would do more of what Mike Zimmer kind of wants in the basis if he's not overpriced to come back in as a free agent and he wants to come back and play there, uh, he'd definitely be an interesting a guy I'd be interested in bringing back other than 
unless Mike Zimmer has another DB that he really thinks would come in there. Because I think Gilmore has done a lot better than some other guys, and you could still draft somebody too. There will be some good DBs in the draft available as well, uh, but you're going to have to figure out what you're going to do. I don't know if Trayvon Diggs and Drawn Bland on each side is really going to be able to be what you pull off uh, for a Zimmer offense, but crazier things have happened. Crazier things have happened. Keep texting in 512 512- Four four seven three seven seven six is a text sign for what you guys want to talk about. We'll keep going to that. We'll give you a replay of uh, some Rod Babers behind the burnt orange curtain for you. We're on a hook 'em up replay here on the Sports Complex in the Horn 1019, AM twelve sixty, the Horn app, and hornfm.com. All right, so let's just continue our conversation we we're having about the combine. That's what it's about. Combine's about questions and answers. You, every player's got a a fair amount of questions on their scouting report. Hopefully there are fewer questions right, than answers. Hopefully you can answer those. But that's what the combine's about, whether it be medical um, for some of these players and um, for, you know, for Texas, uh, if you've dealt with – if guys have dealt with injury before, then the medical evaluations are going to be huge. Jonathan Brooks, right, Jay Brooks at the combine, his medical evaluation is going to be big. And the combine they have – it's one of the most bizarre setups out there, but they basically have uh, teams in groups um, to do the medical evaluations. So you'll have to get examined by by multiple groups because every team wants to do their own. If they consider you a, to be a high prospect on their board, they want to, they want to have their own doctors check you out, um, especially a guy like Jay Brooks. So Jay Brooks' medical evaluations are going to be long and thorough. Um, he'll probably every team will probably want to poke and prod and pull at his injury to make sure that they got their own uh, diagnosis of the injuries for Jay Brooks. So his that's the questions he's got to answer um, for a guy like Tavondre Sweat. We talked about this. It'll be his weigh in. Right. There'll be a lot of questions about his weight overall. He's got that plays at 360, 365. They'll probably want to see him perform at the combine at around 350 or, or three or lower than 350. Just to see if weight is an issue. And, and and he still might end up playing at 360. NFL scouts might want him playing where he's comfortable if he carries it well. But the con- the silly season and the combine are all about forcing players to be uncomfortable. And one of the ways they force you into being uncomfortable is they your your data points uh, on your evaluation will say, hey, they want to see him come in lighter. So they want to see him lose 10 to 12 pounds potentially and still maintain the strength in the bench press and still look really good in the agility. He may want to lose weight just so he looks good in the agility drills as a big man. Um, He doesn't have to go against players in padded like he did at the Senior Bowl. So I think that's why he kept the weight on in the Senior Bowl. He can lose it for the combine, come in lighter, look faster, look sleeker, um, and then also answer questions about whether he's, oh, man, is the guy going to be a problem when it comes to weight or is that going to be an issue for him? Um, He can answer all those questions at the combine. The only, I think, counter to that will be does he keep his strength? All right, he's still a guy that can really show out on the bench press if he comes in a little bit lighter. Some big men, they lose weight, they lose girth, they lose size, they lose strength. The NFL doesn't want to see you do that. It wants you to maintain and keep strength and then lose some of the girth and size. So basically lose whatever you think is body fat. Um, and they want to see him come in a little bit leaner. That's the question for him. Uh, for A.D. Mitchell, I do think he's got a lot of – upside um, and a lot to gain from the combine. You could argue nobody's got more to gain from the combine experience than A.D. Mitchell because if A.D. Mitchell runs fast, it's a straightaway speed, 
Um, he could go from being seventh, eighth receiver right now on everybody's big board to being the fifth or sixth best receiver overall. And the difference in that is second round to first round. He's one of the only players that's got a clear path to the first round if he runs well. For everybody else, you need help. JT Sanders is going to need some help to get into the first round. Xavier Worthy would need a little help to get into the first round, considering where I think he's right now the ninth or tenth receiver on boards. But if you're A.D. Mitchell, all the scouts need to see from you is that you got frontline speed. And he'll test, every, he'll test well at everything else. He'll, his hands will be great. His route running will be good. He'll be good in the cone drills, precision route running, um, his size, his range. The film looks great. And he's a guy that was highly productive at Texas. Um, and he was highly productive at Georgia, too. I mean, he's been productive at multiple Power 5 programs, competing at a high level, you know, basically being a difference-making impact player. If he can run fast, He's going to get into the first. He's going to sneak into the first round. If he doesn't, then he's going to drop because wide receiver is a really deep draft. And nothing wrong with that, by the way. And dropping for him is into the second round. So I say drop. It's not like he's going to drop into the middle rounds. So there's no shame in that. But for him, that's a, that's a, lot, that's a big difference in guaranteed money. Your, your guaranteed money is cut in half when you get to the second round as opposed to him being a first-round guy. And all he's got to do is shave a couple of milliseconds off his 40. I don't know exactly what he has run. They, they track the guys, so they know how fast they are. I don't know exactly what he's run and what's considered his fast time, but four, low 4.5, four, high 4.4. Four. I think that's the range he's going to be in. If he is, that's gonna, I think he'll put him in potentially back of the first round. It all works out well for him. Yeah, that's awesome. And then you add to the fact, what well, you deserve Bijan, say, catching 50 balls after practice, every practice, and those kind of things. Those are just the intangibles, right? To, you know, to be a good player in that league, Rod, you know it. I mean, to be a great player, you gotta you got to embrace the grind. You do. you got to – because everybody, once they get there, is good. I mean, they don't let you in the league if you're not good. Uh, you know, your career was derailed by injuries mostly, but you love the grind. You love the studying. You yep. love the uh, – you know, learning from the veteran players. I mean, that's those are the ones that make it, right? I mean, those are the ones that because uh, again, especially you're being talked about as a first round pick. You're talented. No one's debating your talent, but no. how much do you work at it? How much do you continue to improve your game, improve your craft? And it does sound like uh, um, you know. And Sark has said similar things about Xavier Worthy. Yeah, that, that he's one of the hardest workers on the team, and he likes to grind it. And I'm assuming a lot of those drills that he's doing, they're doing together at times. So uh, I think both those receivers. And that was an interesting question from the lady from USA Today. Yeah, I was thinking about it. She said it. The Longhorns haven't had a first-round receiver drafted in Roy the, Williams. since Roy Williams. Yeah. Roy Williams was the last one. Yeah. And that used to have a lot of positions, by the way, for the Longhorns once we got through the uh, the, the great decade of the start, 20, the, the 2000s. Um, but we'll see. Yeah, the combine end of the month. And, uh, and but by the way, I just saw, because we were talking about, you know, Keelan Robinson's going to the combine, and he's going to run his, uh, do his drills. You know, could that be for, for uh, you know, maybe if they change the kickoff rule? He could have a, a specialty role, but I just saw Mike Florio, Pro Football Talk, reported that, he, according to their sources, they don't have the 24 votes. They don't have the votes for it. They at least would they're take discussing to it. it. Yeah, at least they're discussing it. At least they're discussing it. it. I don't think they were even discussing it before. At least they're discussing it. But I think there's still, there's still teams that do prioritize the kicking game and the return game. Sure. It's just, yeah, if you change the rules, you'd get almost every team kind of restructuring their uh, special teams to try in the re restructuring their roster construction overall just to try to make sure they got elite returners there and Keelan Robinson can fall into that category. I still think based on him being a gunner, covering kicks and returning kicks, he, in addition to being a boutique player, he still is a guy that could end up making a roster. But, yeah, he's got he's to put on a show. 
uh, on the 40-yard dash. That's going to be key for Keelan Robinson. Um, I think Xavier Worthy will put on a show for the 40. He's He was clocked as the fastest ball carrier in college football in 2023. He is uh, – multiple times I've asked Xavier Worthy you know, who's the fastest guy on the team, and he'll let you know it's him. He's the fastest guy on that team. That would be me. Uh, yeah, so I can't wait to see Ready. I mean, I'm expecting that guy to run mid-4-3s, maybe even a low 4-3. When I looked at the top high school 100 meters – uh, 100 meter times for football players because I'm just doing research compared to what they're going to run at the combine. Uh, Xavier Worthy was a 10.55, which which is a really impressive. I think that was when dated though his junior year, if I'm not mistaken, and in high school. So he's a little bit faster than that, but he was at 10.55. That would put him among the fastest players overall, just based on track time, all right, based on his track time at the combine. Remember that kid, Tyler Owens, who was also a Texas safety at one point? Mm-hmm. He was collected at 10-2-9. Um, there's an Anthony Gould who was at 10-4-9. Remember Josh Newton? Really good player. He's a 10-5-1 player. Um, so your track times, because that's basically what this turns into. All right, just basically got to turn into a track meet once again for the 40-yard dash, putting on the show. Um, really, guys who had track speed before they became college football players are usually ones who that translates the best to that 40-yard dash speed. And Xavier Worthy, he's got that. He ran a 21-4 uh, wind-aided 200-meter uh, time. And I believe that also was from his junior year. Romano Dunze, 21-2, actually. Wow. Uh, Rome, that's what he ran in high school as his top 200-meter time. So he actually made – now, 200 meters doesn't translate as well as 100 because it's a 40-yard dash. So it's really about your start, how quickly you start, and about how fast you're at 10 – that first 10 yards or 10 meters is of that. Uh, but, yeah, either way, it looks like Xavier Worthy is going to be one of the fastest players at the Combine, and he should put on the show. He may decide not to run at the Combine – um, but I think he's he's probably confident that it's a fast track, right? The NFL wants fast players at the combine because they know that's part of their show. Um, and the biggest, uh, you could you could argue, the main event of that combine show is the forty. So I, I've heard that's a, it's a fast track. That the combine track is is probably as fast as your track's going to be at your pro day. So I, he might decide to run there just because that might be the chance for him to get the fastest time. Good stuff there from hook him up with Ian Rod Lee, and it is always true. Uh, that the combine is based so much on that forty-yard dash. It is crazy how much the forty-yard dash has become like a basis for how good of how good you can be at football. And I get there's athleticism in it, and the combine as a whole is kind of a silly thing. Like the combine is always one of those issues uh, or one of those events that it's more about who is. Who are you not going to draft? You're not really finding guys and finding people that you're going to find in the in the combine and go, oh, that guy had a great combine. We're going to pick him. It's more about r- knocking guys down on your big board. Uh, but that 40-yard dash, it gets made out to be a big deal by the NFL because they know what they're doing. They know how to promote. And it, it is. If a guy you think is fast and he's on your board because he's fast and then he runs a slow time, then maybe he does get knocked down your board. Uh, I don't know how much it makes guys that you think are fast or think are not fast climb aboard if they are, uh, but for A.D. Mitchell and for Xavier Worthy, they both need to have really good times uh, on that 40-yard dash because uh, that is what people are going to be expecting uh, out of those two guys. So you'd like to be able to see them uh, raise it up a little bit. Text line's open, 512-447-3776 is the text line. You guys drive the show, we just try to keep it on the rails. So uh, texting what you're talking about, there's a little bit more negativity 
than normal on the text line today. I'll say that. I feel like some of you guys, maybe a little, maybe a little not in the mood because of Valentine's Day. Maybe not having a big day tonight. Or maybe you do and you have to spend all the money. That's, the money might be a problem, too. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe you're just upset because you're like, I got to go dr- get dressed up on a Wednesday and spend, you know, $500 on a dinner. Yeah, I don't I don't like doing those kind of things. But looks a little bit more a little bit more negative today on the text line. Some of these some of these, some stuff I can't read on here. It's a little bit more negative. I'm trying to get to the ones I can. Uh <laughs> we get happy Gilmore could have played better and stuff like that. I don't know. I I don't know if you guys are not Cowboys fans or you're looking at one game or two games and going with it. Uh his overall season was not as bad as basically everyone who was trying to fill that position uh last season or the season before. Uh, and that's kind of what the bar I was setting at. Uh, you have to be better than you know what you did the season before. Uh, but that's just me. That's just me. It's my opinion. I, I don't know if you're going to be able to go out and we know Jerry Jones is all in. Jerry Jones is all in. So they was they asked if they did ask Mike McCarthy what all in meant to him, and he was like getting good players and coaching hard, and <laughs> it was it was very much the the answer of I don't know what that means either. That was kind of what he said in his press conference. Like, I'm hoping, I'm hoping that Jerry Jones makes the offseason interesting and, and really goes for it and goes and tries to give some of those crazy contracts that's basically going to put Buffalo in a bind and put and put the Rams where they're kind of behind the eight ball now trying to pay out some of these contracts. I'd love if Jerry Jones really went for it. That would make it my job a lot more fun talking about the Cowboys. I would enjoy that quite a bit. So I, I think it would be a lot of fun to see him do that, I'm not sure he's going to. I think that, again, I think the all-in means that he's going to pay Dak Prescott, but that's just me. That's what I think he means by that. Uh, we also get a text here that says, after the trades, Mavs bench is better than the Spurs starters. So, sorry, man, not tonight. I mean, that's not true. Uh, the bench is better, and, and the Mavs are a much better team if everyone's playing. Uh, but, yeah, if I, if I said Maxi Kleba and Dante Exum, and if you were going to say Jaden Hardy is better than Devin Vassell, then you're not watching the game. And Victor Wembanyama is is great. Uh, you know he's still young and improving, but he is a really really good player. Uh, so there are some good players on the Spurs uh, as well. And the, one of the problems the Mavs have is they don't have a ton of depth uh, behind their guys. Now you added Gafford in 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 uh, PJ Washington. If PJ Washington step up and Gafford can play with some consistency, then those guys are going to be really good, and the Mavs are going to be good. But the main point is. If Kyrie, who Kyrie's not even on the injury report anymore, so he will be playing tonight. Luca is probable. Looks like they're both going to be playing. It makes it a much harder road for the Spurs to go. The Mavs have been playing really well since Kyrie came back from injury. Uh, but if you're stating if Kyrie and Luca are out, do the Spurs have a shot? Yes, yes, the Spurs have a shot against the Mavs without their two best players, whose usage rates are through the roof. Uh, yes, they they would have a shot in that game, but they don't right now because it is going to be. Uh, it is going to be, it looks like both those guys will be playing. Uh, Derek Lively is the one who may be out, which Derek Lively could go uh, a little bit better against uh, Wimby than Daniel Gaffer probably could. But we'll see if P.J. Washington gets that assignment some too. Not a great defender, but we know that's the weird thing the Mavs have been doing is basically you hired a defensive coach, he says he wants to get defensive players, and then you trade for guys that are more offensive guys like a Gafford who's a good rebounder, which you really needed that. Uh, so I think it was a good pickup there. But P.J. Washington has some ability in size and athleticism, but he just hasn't shown it as a player yet. However, he's been playing with the Hornets, so you know maybe you put him on a better winning team and you can get some more out of him than has happened plenty of times in the past. I'm excited to see what he does uh, for the Mavs there. 
Uh, let's see. We get another text here. Uh, Brandon R says, anybody who's saying Stefan Gilmore had a bad season, I know one game doesn't tell all, but go ahead and watch what he did against A.J. Brown in the second game versus the Eagles. Thank you. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I, I'm with you, Brandon. I, 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 I'm trying not to go off one game. I know everyone looked bad against the, the, the Packers. Everyone did. That scheme was bad. The players were bad. And no one was up for that game for whatever reason. They all looked bad in that one. Uh, and I, but I don't think uh, Deron Bland didn't look good in that game either. And you know that's that's somebody that if you're saying that's the guy now, uh, I'm just not sold yet 100 percent on Deron Bland being able to fit into a system where Trayvon Diggs is also a ball hawk and this defense not getting burned a lot. It could happen. I'm just not sold on it yet. I think you'd rather have someone who's a little bit more of a guy like Gilmore who's not super exciting but can go out there and play good defense. I think you'd like that. All right, text on. Keep them coming in, 512-447-3776. We're going to take one more break, take our last break. We'll come back, get back to the text sign here on the Sports Complex on the Horn 1019 and 1260, the Horn app, and hornfm.com. The Sports Complex on the Horn. Last call. So either hook up now or go home and take care of yourselves. To alcohol. The cause of and solution to all of life's problems. That's what I do. I drink and I know things. Bring a pitcher of beer every seven minutes till somebody passes out. And then bring one every ten minutes. I'm very drunk and I intend getting still drunker before the evening's over. Back here on the Sports Complex, getting to the end of the show. Appreciate everybody on the text line. we got a few more texts that we'll get to. Keep sending them in if you want to get them in. Last call for text here on the Sports Complex. Uh, we'll get to those in just a second. Hope everybody is planning a good evening, whether it's at home, enjoying that you're not spending a bunch of money on Valentine's Day, or if you're going out and spending a bunch of money, that you're going to have a great time and wake up with a big smile on your face tomorrow, hopefully Everyone will have that going for them tonight. All right, back on the text line, 512-447-3776. Texter says, Cowboys fan here, I'd love to see them snag Brooks in the draft, and happy Valentine's Day. But Valentine's Day to you. Uh, Yeah, I think John Brooks is a really good one, especially depending on where he falls. I don't really know where his value is going to be at now. If he falls down in that third or maybe in the fourth round because of the injury, it's going to be kind of a question, I think. Of when he gets to the combine, they do the health checks. He's going to be, you know, poked and prodded every which way in that combine, and how he comes out of that. But you know, if you're the Cowboys, especially because we're considering, I think most people figure they're not going to bring back uh, Tony Pollard because the salary ask is going to be a little bit too much uh, for what they want. Unless he wants to take a lower amount, you're going to have to go get a veteran and bring in probably a rookie uh, to play in that game. I don't know if Rico Dottle proved, showed you enough that he's the guy, and if you're going all in, let's say you have to have two running backs this year that you didn't really have this year. You need to have at least a, a bell cow and then a change of pace, and uh, I think Jonathan Brooks could be a great guy that maybe wouldn't be there full force early in the season, but by the time he gets to the playoffs and he'd be going, he'd be a great pickup that you get later in the draft uh, that probably is one of the most NFL-ready other than the injury uh, running backs in the draft. I think he'd be a great pickup for them. Uh, depending on where you get him. If you're getting him in the second, it's a little bit riskier because uh, they probably have some other needs they could get. Maybe you could get someone a little bit later. But you're talking long-term as well uh, of a player 
that you think could be a good running back if you're going to go get like a if you're looking at a Derrick Henry or somebody like that and so you want Jonathan Brooks to be your change of pace early on and then merge into the role in the next couple years to be your your main back and then you can have another back uh, beside him uh, I think he could be a really big pickup uh, for the Cowboys the texter says uh, Jerry Jones means the crazy Cowboys fans money is all in his bank account. They did say Mike Zimmer did say today. He said, you know, one of the best things about playing in Dallas and working for the Cowboys is it's one of the fan bases that they are crazy into the games and uh, it makes it it makes it a fun environment to be in. And uh, as someone who hosts the show, I can tell you there's a lot of Cowboys fans who are very into it, and I appreciate how much you're into it is when the, when the Spurs are better, I'm, I'm very into the, I'm very into it when they're not as good. When the Longhorns are very into it, uh, and you just, when you feel like you're right on that edge, it becomes, uh, it becomes hard to not uh, get too crazy about it at points. Uh, let's see. A texture says, I feel like there will be even more vitriol towards Dak and McCarthy such that they'll actually do worse this year than last year. I think they'll do about the same. The question is, can they take the next step forward? I think that's the real question. I, you know, I, I don't know how much Mike McCarthy really goes into it. And I mean, they see it, all that stuff, but he's been told he sucks for a long time. I'm sure he can manage. Dak Prescott's been told he sucks for a long time. I'm sure he can manage and neither one of them suck. So I don't think that it's necessary. I think they understand where they're at. You know, I think Dak Prescott is going to take much more solace in the fact that he was second in MVP voting last year than what somebody on Twitter is going to say about him. So I think there will be people that are negative about it, especially if he gets a contract extension. Uh, he'll have to deal with that, and and you know fans are going to be what they're going to be. Uh, I, I think the question, you know, a twelve win team, unless they really screw it up this offseason, which I don't see happening, I think they'll be able to, you know, maintain that. Stephen Jones and Jerry Jones have done a good job of doing that. The question is, do they take a big swing of the bat or two or three big swings of the bat of going all in and? How does that work? How does Mike Zimmer work? Can you, you know, is the defense something that he can work with in a season to get to where it needs to be? And I think he probably is one of the better options to do that. Uh, that's not being a copycat and being able to do his own thing. I, I, I don't see them having a worse season. Now, we don't know what the schedule is, but I know the Eagles had their issues last season. They feel like they're not necessarily as dominant as they were rolling on that role where everybody thought they were one of the best teams in the NFC. The end of the season did not show that. If Jalen Hurts can come back healthy, now that may add it. I don't think the Commanders are going to come out and start being world beaters. I don't think the Giants are going to come out and be world beaters. So in your division, you should still be one of the top two teams, if not the top team. And if you're that, you have every uh, you have every ability to compete uh, in, in, you know, at the high level and get to another 12-win season. And then it just comes down to can you be better in the playoffs because you can't be worse than you were this season. You can be, you know, I, I don't know if you're going to top, you know, the the disappointment of this season's postseason. So I, I, I don't necessarily think it'll be worse. It's just is more of the same a good thing for the Cowboys because then it makes a hard decision. Do you move on? Do you try to make some other decisions? That's where it gets questionable. If he wins 13 games this season, how do you fire him? But you need you might need to. We'll talk more about it tomorrow. I appreciate you guys jumping on with me on the text line. We'll need you on the show tomorrow too. As we get closer to All-Star Weekend, we'll start getting into that for the NBA. We'll keep talking some more NFL and a whole lot more on the sports complex. We'll be back tomorrow. Until then, be kind, be safe, keep your underwear clean. We'll see you right back here for more of the sports complex.